Outriders podcast. I am your host, Teloland, and with me, as always, is our co-host, Lass Arian. How are you doing tonight, Lass? Doing great, Tal. Thanks very much. No problem. Fifteen episodes. Did you ever think we'd make it? I did. I did. Yes. I think okay. uh, I had a very high confidence when we first began this, at least when you and Rox first began this. I actually had not planned on sticking in this long. I figured I'd have been fired by now. I figured I'd have said something stupid and offensive and not cut it out. <laughs> And then I've just been asked politely to step aside. Uh, no, no, I, I, don't th- I don't think you even come close to doing anything like that. Well, I did say that everybody who doesn't own a smartphone is an idiot. Okay. I stand I, by that. I have no problem with that statement. Well, you know, the next big milestone for us will be 25 then. Is that our next big milestone? I think episodes? so. Okay. But, you know, at the rate we're going, that's 12 months from now. Wow, yeah. I think our next milestone then should be 20. We'll see what happens. Alright. E3 was last week, um, for anybody who's not aware, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Uh, that's the, the big video game publishers, big love fest to themselves. Um, <laughs> people are often confused by E3 because, you know, Microsoft and Sony do their big press conferences for their new consoles or their old consoles, and half of what they talk about is like, Look, we have Netflix now, and you can watch TV on it, and gamers need to realize that e 3s not for them. It's for the publishers to just talk themselves up in front of the media and potential investors. That's, that's what E3 is for. It's not for gamers. There are other conferences that are actually for gamers, um... You know, it's split with other things, but Comic-Con, when there's games there, are four gamers. Uh, PAX, East and West, are those are four gamers, but E3's not. Um, that's not to say there's nothing good that came out of E3. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, I think, had a fantastic showing at E3 this year. Um, on our forums, I believe, I posted a dozen separate articles about ESO, mostly from uh, massively MMORPG.com. Uh, Ten Ton Hammer, and then just a couple general gaming sites like Polygon. Um, and I guess this isn't what I understand about this event, Tal, is that, you know, for all of the fuss that is made over it, I, I'm not sure I understand quite why why these companies simply do not hold a press conference if that's what they want to do. And they, they need not actually cater it or, you know, spend the money on hotels and flights. And... Actually, I think it was seven, eight years ago, there was a giant backlash against what E3 was, and the conference, for several years, shrunk dramatically. Um, It wasn't this giant spectacle for for a couple of years. Even um, PAX, the Penny Arcade Expo, was actually bigger than E3 several years. Um, But then the Electronic Software Association, the trade group these guys are all part of, just decided to make E3 a giant thing again. Um, You know, for some games, I don't understand why they spend the money to be there. But when you see how much coverage there was for certain games, I mean, it gets gets your game out there. Um, Whether all that 
feedback is positive or negative, you can't say, but, you know, ESO is, was written up on just about every gaming site at least once, and, you know, MMOs don't always get that kind of coverage unless they're Warcraft. Well, that's, that's an, an excellent point. I mean, what, what's the return here? I mean, if, if you're anything smaller than a certain level of, of publisher, right, you're simply not going to get the, the column inches. I mean, there's, I realize it's the internet and I realize there's a lot of electronic reporting and we're not really limited by these sorts of things anymore. But, I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna pick and choose what sort of coverage they're gonna do. And I'm assuming that the big guys, Sony's gonna get most of the coverage and Microsoft's gonna get a lot of the coverage and then what's after that? I mean, I, you know. Yeah, the big, the big coverage goes to Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo skipped it this year. Um, and then Electronic Arts and Ubisoft, the last two giant mega publishers. Um, like Wildstar, People have been talking about that on the North forums. That's, I saw that, yeah. That had a very small showing at E3 this year, and they said that was intentionally. They didn't have anything new to show, but the game is getting press in North America and in Europe, but it's not getting a whole lot of press in Asia right now. So the reason that Wildstar was at E3 was to mainly court the Korean media that was there. Okay, right. Um, so that's why they didn't show anything new, and I think the... The few articles I posted about Wildstar in the forums reflected that, but they weren't there for, you know, us specifically. They were trying to court the Korean market. Interesting. So, I mean, it's if it's a big show and it's it's a worldwide show. So in that way, I think it can help. But like you said, if you're a small game or a small publisher, the cost to be there is probably well beyond any benefit that you would receive. And then for everybody else, it's just a a self love fest. <laughs> Um, one thing that I, that I saw about E3 coverage that just made me shake my head was um, MMORPG.com. There aren't a lot of dedicated MMO sites out there, at least not good ones, and that one is popular, although I'm not fairly certain it's good. Um, but their best of E3 list, their best MMO of E3 was EverQuest Next, which wasn't, okay. which wasn't at E3. <laughs> and the reason they said it was their best is because they said that Tony, Sony um, teased EverQuest Next just enough way to get them, like, frothing for it, because Sony's going to unveil it come this August at um, SOE Live, Sony's own gaming convention, like Sony's BlizzCon. Oh, my. All right. Um, so they're going to unveil EverQuest Next. Like, Sony today confirmed that the actual title of EverQuest Next will be EverQuest Next. Um Everybody thought they were just going to rename it 3 at some point, but they're not. Uh, oh, they said that okay. is the title now. And MMORPG.com, yeah, gave EverQuest Next their their most anticipated or best MMO at E3, and it's just like, they weren't even there. All right, so you're, you're faulting MMORPG.com yes. for sort of pulling a, an invisible rabbit out of a hat that wasn't even there. Yes. Do you think maybe they just, what, preempted them, or Sony gave them a phone call and said, hey, would you, you know... I don't think this for us. What the hell? I don't. I think the the whole payola aspect is more conspiracy theory than reality when it comes to game coverage. But I think part of this is my own bias. I was not an EverQuest player. I hated the first EverQuest. I didn't play the second one. Um, when we played it for our Glue event a couple months ago, that is the only time I played EverQuest two. Okay. Um, I'm not an EverQuester. I'm not from that section of MMO players. So I'm certain 
there's just a huge swath of people who played EverQuest and EverQuest 2, and I remember those raid nights on Ventrilo when we were still an event server, where they packed 40 people into an EQ2 raid on that branch. I remember those nights. Um, I'm sure there are just all kinds of people frothing for EverQuest. Right, sure. But given my previous experiences with EverQuest, in my mind, I couldn't care less, coupled with the fact that Sony didn't really talk about EverQuest Next at E3, other than to say they're going to unveil it at SOE Live. I just thought it was just ridiculous of MMORPG's editorial staff to go and say this is our most anticipated MMO. Right, right. Like, it might not have been so bad if they had mentioned it or talked about it in another article, but here they're ostensibly covering E3, and it wasn't even there. Yes. Yes. That, that, All right, I follow you. That, that's where I was at with that. Um... Did you see anything at E3 that piqued your interest? Obviously, there was the the two new consoles. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online is coming to the consoles. Uh, there won't be cross-platform play between the three systems. PC, Xbox One, and PS4 will each have their own um, world, so to speak. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm afraid I have to admit that I, I have never followed these, these gaming um, or trade conventions really in any way, shape, or form, what little I gleaned was from kind of the the taste great, less filling arguments back and forth between Microsoft proponents and and, and uh, Sony proponents, and some some discussion about the pricing of the Xbox and how they were not going to allow backwards compatibility with old games, and how some of the uh, the newer consoles were going to require uh, an internet access before you could even use them. So there, was, there wasn't there was going to be any availability of, you know, just being able to throw your disc into the game and, and <clears throat> play it however you liked, whenever you liked. You, you had to have an account. You have to log in, and you, you have to be online. Yeah, and I'm a – as far as the console race goes, for the last two generations, I've been a Microsoft guy. Um, I had an Xbox. Um, I didn't get a PS2 until the PS3 was out. And then I got a really cheap refurbished PS2 just to play a couple exclusives that I missed. Um, Right now I have an Xbox 360. I don't have a PS3. Um, Next spring, after the PS4 has been out for a couple months, I will buy a cheap refurbished PS3 and buy the couple exclusive PS3 games that I haven't gotten to play that I want to, like The Last of Us just came out, or Heavy Rain came out a couple years ago. You know, I'll get three or four games that I want to play cheap. So I've been a Microsoft guy the last, the whole last two generations. And based on their showing and Sony's showing at E3, I don't understand how anybody is in Microsoft's camp. Wow, yeah. I, I haven't... Um I mean, I kind of abandoned console games quite a few years ago. I mean, I'll, I'll occasionally toy with it nostalgically, but that's that's really the limit of it. I mean, I had sort of just decided it was going to be PCs or it was going to be nothing. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what the wisdom of that that decision was. I, I just wasn't really into the the games that seemed to have hold any interest for me at all. just weren't interesting enough for me to drop the money to have the console game to set it up and have the wires and the controllers cluttering my living room. And I mean, I realize it's a bit... Uh, that doesn't sound like a very compelling reason. But, you know, if it's just racing games or, or, or first-person shooters, and I'm, I'm just not that enough of a fan of those games to, to even bother. See, what I used to do was I was a PC gamer. I mean, when I was a kid, obviously, I had consoles and stuff. But I've been a PC gamer for a long time. And what I did is every six months or thereabouts, I would upgrade one of, upgrade one of four things, either my RAM 
my motherboard, my CPU, or my video card. So that at no point, neither of them was more than two years old. So I could play just about anything, and it wasn't that big a financial burden. Um, what happened is right when Wrath of the Lich King came out, my video card died. And at that time, I was not in a place financially where I could have replaced it. I remember that. Um, so that's like really a week after it came out, my video card died. And I'm like, all right, you know, I have an old one that I can put in there, but it plays WoW like crap. It plays everything like crap. So at that point, I just said bye-bye PC gaming um, for about two and a half years. Wow, okay. Um, so I was basically Xbox 360 that whole time. And then eventually, you know, two and a half, even more than that, what year did Wrath of the Lich King come out? 2008? That sounds about right. So even for about four years, um, I was a console gamer. And then eventually I decided, all right, you know, I'm doing it all... really four years that you were... Pretty much. Really? Four, two, eh, maybe three. But I was a console gamer, and I decided, I'm, eventually I'm, I'm going to buy a new PC. And what I did was I bought one part each paycheck for the part, like, four or five months. Um, I'd buy one thing, because then it's not such a, a financial hassle. When I had them all, I put it together, and... You know, started gaming again. So now I'm back, uh-huh. to being, I'm back to being a PC gamer as long as I can keep the thing upgraded. Oh, but in the interim there, you you had a I had a console because console thing going I didn't on. I didn't have to upgrade it. I didn't have to maintain it, and in that way, a console is right. nicer than PC. But like you, most of the games I like are PC games. Um, I like my PC because I mean it's practically as powerful as the two new consoles are already. Um. And I saw an article online last week, uh, I forget which site it was, I think it was on Rock Paper Shotgun, um, video game website, that for the price of an Xbox One, about $500, they built um, a gaming PC that was at least as powerful as that with current off-the-shelf parts. Right. So, you know... The console makers talk about how they're new and great, but they don't stand up to PC, and they never will, because PC is constantly evolving, and a console's got to last five to ten years. Right. Right. So that's that's enough of E3, unless you want to say anything else about it. No, no, I, I'm, I'm, you don't want to be... I'm good. Okay. Um, just want to touch on this, or Tundra will beat me. Uh, open The end of open <laughs> beta for Neverwinter is going on right now. There are... Um, it's phase two, I believe, of their end of open beta events running from the 17th to 20th. Portals are opening all over Protector's Enclave, the main city area in Neverwinter, and undead are streaming out of them. Kill the undead, you get loot, you get prizes, it That's ranks cool. you. It ranks you among everybody who's playing. Um, so I caught the tail end of a couple of them. Just, you know, I'd log in and one would be in progress. And I was in the bronze tier both times. I don't like being bronze. Um, That's all I contributed, but you get loot, you get gear, you get all kinds of fun stuff. Um, So that's going on now, and that will be going on through the 20th, and then it moves on to Phase 3. And if you remember, the 20th um, is actually the day that Neverwinter goes live, so to speak. Um, Right. They're officially out of beta. Yes. So whenever something bad happens, they can't hide behind open beta anymore. So that means nothing bad is ever going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure. Have you been into the Foundry at all lately? I I have not. I've been uh, all my time has been uh, on Rift recently, so I, I haven't been back to the Foundry. I have not been in le- recently. Um, oddly enough, I was the fifth Nor member to get to level sixty. 
in Neverwinter, and I can only wow. play like half an hour at a time. <laughs> you know, the, the the baby takes a half hour power nap. I jump in game. Because um, yeah, he only sleeps like a half well, hour at a time during the day. So the way to go. Yeah. Everybody tells me, you know, when the baby sleeps, you should sleep. Otherwise, you'll never get any sleep. And I'm like, that works, except I have stuff I would like to accomplish. And sure. I can't do that if I sleep every time the baby does. Well, so eventually you'll you'll run out of energy and you'll have to sleep. Yep. So log in to Neverwinter. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's completely free. Um, there is literally no reason you need to spend money. You can if you want. Um, so go check that out. We are very, very close to 10,000 posts on the forum. We are. We are. Where are we at? We are. Yeah, 55 posts away. Ooh, it's down to 53. No, I figured it was worth mentioning. 99.47, so yeah, 55 posts to go. See how many news posts I can fit in there. <laughs> you might account for half of those, if not more. Well, you know, I just posted a new thread today about a game show exploit. From 1984. <laughs> I was reading that, actually, just before we got started here. Yeah, I, I actually remember Press Your Luck when I was a little kid. I would just, like, shout at the TV, Whammy! Whammy! Um, I have no memory of it. I always wanted them to lose. But, yeah, I remember that game. I'm not old enough to remember this guy gaming the system. But he did, and it's, I mean, it's basically a video game exploit. Um, so I thought that was cool, so I posted that on the forum. Yeah. Cool. I'll have to finish reading it when we're done. Yep. Um, some new things on the wiki and more info. You got all of the high council yeah, yeah, members I'll... into the wiki. I did. I, I created as best I could. I tried to reconstruct kind of a, uh, a roster of current and, and former high council members as a, in a kind of list format. So I, I believe I have called all 44 NOR members who have ever served on the high council. And when, when they first began... Um, which high councils they were on, and when they stopped. Yeah, and you've even got some, like, demographics on the high council page. Um, you know, that that times the high council has been split 50-50 between men and women, which, through most of Norse history, does not follow the regular gaming demographics. Um, no. These days, these days it is very close to 50-50. Um, is it? I, I wasn't aware whether or not the population said... Balance not quite so much. It's not. It, depend, it it changes genre to genre, but on a whole, it is very close to fifty fifty at this point. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. Well, we were we were way ahead of the curve there. I mean, we our, our four founders were half and half, two men, two women. Were they married? Uh, eventually, uh, one became one became a couple. Um, Eladrell and uh, Damien uh, met in real life, and, and they got married. I just assume but they didn't start off getting married. I just assume whenever there's two men and two women, they're all married. <laughs> like, they, you know, they dragged them along. Nope. 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 Didn't start off that way. Yeah, we're, we're ahead of the curve. Um, right now, it's one woman and three men. But, yes. It's, and it, it's actually very small. This is the, the smallest the High Council has been, I believe. Since it was the founded. Uh, yes. Yes. So yeah. it's... Uh, that's tiny. That's gone through quite a bit of change. I've got some other uh, statistical information up there that I added recently about um, how many of the new members were appointed and in what years. Like, I believe the, the, the largest number of members added in a single year was in 1997. That was nine new members of the High Council, where previously there had been only 16 people on the High Council, because that was 
that was quite a jump from, from 16 to 9 new appointees in a single year. I wonder what precipitated that. That year, I have no idea. 1995, they had a, a similar, not as many people, but it was, it was even more. It was seven new members when there had only been seven members on the High Council ever. So it was basically a, a, a complete, you know, overhaul. Um, and I think that was instigated primarily by Avatar at the time. I don't know about 1997, but I think the, the 1995 surgence in, in, uh, Appointees to the High Council was was due in part to Avatar. Yeah, um, Avatar sort of disappears from the High Council after 1995. Yeah, yeah, he did. Okay, I've heard stories. I've heard stories about him, but I don't know them all, and I'm not going to repeat them here. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Um, let's get to the big thing we wanted to talk about this week, and that's Rift. Yeah, Rift Guild Unity event this weekend, following Rifts. Seemingly successful conversion to free-to-play um, back on the 12th. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, it, by, almost by any measure, um, I think the conversion from, from subscription to free-to-play has been relatively seamless and, and, and painless. I mean, there certainly have been some bumps and some glitches. Uh, but once again, I think Trion has really, really impressed me with how smoothly um, their development process is, at least on our side of the computer screen. Obviously, I don't know what's going on. Uh, behind their doors, but even on even you know day one of the game, I remember being the smoothest uh, opening day that I, I can recall uh, to date for any game. Rift was um, we talked about Raptor a couple times on the podcast, a, a video game service that tracks how often you play and that kind of thing. Um, Rift for PC was the number one game on Raptor in May. Um, given what I've oh, yeah? seen out of Rift in June, it's probably number one again. Um, there's now with the conversion to free-to-play, there's just a flood of new people. They've added server capacity. Um, during prime time at night, there's still queues to get in if you're not um, a patron, which is their subscriber level. Um, none of the queues I've hit have been very long. Um, I logged in earlier today, no. and it was at 33. It said like nine minutes, but it wouldn't have taken more than like four. I think the largest number I saw was the the day before they added the new servers, and I think it was 130 something, and it was at like eight o'clock at night. Yeah, that night I tried at I want to say 10, and it was at 129. Um, yeah, that's right. It, it was it was maybe an hour before you had tried to get on, and, and I remember you texting me or, or sending me a, a PM on Steam, I, I think. But uh, it's really since they added the new servers and they upped the population caps, I think that was the key component there. Yep. My queue times have been uh, you know, 15 seconds and the number has never been higher than 3. And I don't know that this is fair to every game, but we're gonna, I'm going to do it now. Um, Star Wars The Old Republic was a subscription game, went free-to-play. Rift was a subscription game, went free-to-play. And Neverwinter um, has been free-to-play since it came out. I'm not going to include EverQuest 2 and DDO in this conversation because they're, they're older, but those three games are all out right now and free-to-play, and just based on what I've seen thus far, Rifts is, in my opinion, easily the best value. Um, I agree. There's, there's no content. There's no contest. Um, like Neverwinter, all of the content in Rift is free. All the leveling zones, all the dungeons, all the, uh, the, the raids, um, the, the Rift events, PvP, 
All of that is free. You can do it as often as you want. Um, the big difference between Neverwinter and Rift in that respect is there's a lot more to do in Rift. Um, Neverwinter is going to be updated on a, you know, monthly, every other month type schedule with their modules coming out. But, you know, in a year it might be much bigger, but right now it's dwarfed by the size of Rift. And then Star Wars, on the other hand, you can only do, um, like, three dungeons per week and get loot. You can do more dungeons after that, but you stop getting loot. If you want to do raids at all, you have to buy in on a weekly pass uh, through their free-to-play option. So I, I, I think that was really... The key to, for the for the transition between the two games, in particular Star Wars, Rift didn't take away anything you previously had, and I think that's kind of crucial. You know, Star Wars, I think, and not, not to, I'm not trying to badmouth the game at all, um, but I think their approach to making it free to play was to kind of really sort of split hairs as far as content was concerned and capability for the character. You know, getting all the way down into like how many action bars you have and and things that are, I think. The, any sort of a, a reasonably active player are just going to consider it to be a nuisance. Like uh, you the know, ability to... In any of that crap. You know, yeah. I mean, they just... They, you still had all their bars. You still had all your ability. They didn't screw around with any of that junk. They just... They, everybody had what they started out with at the beginning anyway. And the only thing they changed was if you were a subscriber, you got more. Yeah, the loyalty system. Um yeah, and right. like, you didn't lose anything. Like, I was technically a Storm Legion owner, even though I didn't pay for it. I, I earned it as a reward on Raptor. So the right. Storm Legion souls are open to me, because I had that right. registered on my account. Rift, their implementation is just awesome, and I have to say, in the week that it's been out, I've spent more on their store than I've spent on Neverwinter and Star Wars combined. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's odd, too, because I almost think... It's almost ironically, it's it's if anything, I, I sort of feel like the game has uh, improved a little bit. Well, there's, and this goes against all MMO logic, but every, pretty much every matching armor set in Rift is available to buy, just not actually as the items, but as cosmetic items for your character through the store. Right. And that's what struck every armor set. Um, those high-end armor sets are the stick that other companies, I mean, like Blizzard, use to keep people paying. Right. I mean, people subscribe to WoW so that they can hit that next raid tier and get that next set of gear and, and all that. In Rift, for the cost of... 567, I think it is, you can just go buy it and make your character look like that. Well, I think they very wisely determined that this is this, these were not the people who were playing their game, that they, they were not necessarily motivated by the acquisition of the, of the, the equipment or the gear. I mean, the, the most innovative thing that they did, well, I don't know about the most innovative, one of the things I really like about the system is the, uh, the expanded professions tab. So for uh, you know, a twelve hundred loyalty, um, which I, I don't know what that amounts to in dollars. It's it's not a whole lot. It may be like ten bucks. Um, you can add a profession. I mean, you're initially limited to the the two gathering or the two you know uh, harvesting abilities that you have, like butchering and foraging or whatever, and then your whatever your crafting profession is. But with this, you you just purchase this 
scroll or whatever it is, and you you then have the ability to pick up uh, another one. And it can be whatever one you want. You're not limited, and, and you can go up to as high as, as nine. I haven't done the math to see if that actually accounts for all of them. I, I don't think it does, but you can get quite a bit. Um, so you can make the, spend the, the, oil. the ultimate crafter. Yeah, exactly. Or you can get all of the foraging stuff and just, you know, accumulate things and sell it in the AH, which is actually what I did with one of my tunes. Uh, but this way, you know, I just added two new uh, professions to my main, to Lazarian, uh, and rounded off what I consider to be as blacksmithing with weaponsmithing, and I, I added foraging to it as well. Yeah, and you said 1200 That would be $8. Okay, 8 bucks. Yeah. If you bought at the... The lowest tier, which doesn't come with any bonus points. It would be Actually, you know what? I don't think it's even that much, because that's the amount of loyalty you get when you buy it with credit. So I think it's like, it's half that. It's the, you get like two loyalty for every credit you spend. That's not bad. Yeah, just their, their implementation of free-to-play is the best I've seen so far. And... I mean, you could look at it as the most risky, because when it comes to actually buying stuff, Rift is easily the least, has the least necessary purchases. Um, I mean, there's people in Neverwinter who are buying enchanted keys like crazy, because they want to open all those stupid purple lockboxes that we get every time we kill something. Um, I've got 40-something of those lockboxes on my character now. And they would cost $1.25 to open if I bought keys off the Zen market. I'm not doing that. Okay. Um, and just, like, you know, we have... Everybody's donating most... Well, not everybody, but... Most people are donating, like, their, their dropped enchantments to the guild bank and then refusing them into the higher-level ones. So, to prevent item loss, because, you know, it gets exponentially worse every time you lose one due to a fusion failure. Failure. Um, Tundra and I both bought preservation wards. And it's not strictly necessary, but it sort of is to buy them. And in Rift, there's literally nothing that you actually need to buy. Um, right. I mean, it, it, it was just, it was shocking to me. And the reason I said I spent more on Rift than I have on Neverwinter and Star Wars combined is... I had two characters on Rift. I had a mage that was only like level 7 and I barely ever played my cleric, which is in its 30s. I bought each of them an armor set. And then I'm like, well, I've got all these points left over. So I rolled a warrior and a rogue and got them out of the starter area and then bought each of them an armor set. (laughs) They're literally level 5 characters who have, you know, you finish that instant starter area and you start like right there on the beach. They're both just standing there in just just awesome, ridiculous armor sets. (laughs) Because... I don't know, I felt like Tryon deserved it, given that their implementation is so good. Uh, well, I couldn't agree more. I mean, again, there have been a couple of bumps and glitches here, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm knocking the other Neverwinter or Star Wars in their, their implementation. I think maybe Trion, what they did was they held back for about a minute and a half, waited to see how the other free-to-play systems went, and kind of took the best out of those, or at least avoided what were the, the hot-button events uh, or topics for the, the play. I know some Star Wars players were pretty irked about the the restrictions to their, like, to the to the action bars and the hotkeys, and, and, and it, it, it got a little, you know, I mean, to me, it seemed a little excessive. I got in, and I, I had one hot bar, and I'm like, wow, where did, <laughs> where did all my stuff go? I mean, I bought it right away to get it back, and it was no big deal. It wasn't even very much in the way of credits. 
But uh, again, sort of a nuisance thing more than anything else. And Riff just said, nah, screw that. We're just going to, you know, uh, let everybody keep what they've already got. And then for people who will continue to subscribe or for people who have actually purchased the game but are not subscribers or weren't subscribers, um, there's sort of a middle ground in there where you have access to certain things where you, you might not have access to it if you didn't actually purchase the game when it was for sale. Yeah, and... You know, we mentioned it briefly there, and uh, the loyalty system. As you spend money, they give you more stuff for free. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's it's amazing. I was on the I, I I barely subscribed to Rift. I think I paid for two months, so I didn't get through the first tier. Um, then I gave them fifty bucks worth of credits, and I moved up like a tier and a half, and I got a whole bunch of free stuff. I got you know, 110% speed mount. My only other mount on my character was a 60% speed mount. So I'm like, yay, I'm way faster now. And it's noticeable while I play. And that's that loyalty system is not something I'm seeing from, from too many other games where as you spend, you ratchet up and they just keep giving you more stuff. And it's a, it's, I mean, it is, in, it, it's sort of a gimmick in that it's, well, I'm so close to the next level. If I spend this much, I'll get this thing now too. But it's entirely optional again. It's not. Yeah, but why not? I mean, I mean, it's, even if it is kind of gimmicky, I almost like it because what they're saying is, listen, you, you have. We're giving you the incentive. We're going to tell you what we're going to give you. We're not going to make a guess, or we're not going to make you hope that you, you know, you spend this money and you get this piece of gear, and if you can get into a group, and if you can get into a raid, and if you can kill this boss, then maybe you'll get something cool. We're saying. You know, if you're willing to put your cash down, you know, here are the cool things that are available to you. And, you know, you can stop whenever you want. You know, you can spend the 50 bucks now and never spend another dime on the game. And Rift does, it does all the things that pretty much every MMO would say is basically just game-breaking. Um, the Defiance and the Guardians, the two factions in Rift for anybody that has, yeah. haven't played they're ultimately working towards the same goal the whole way through. Um, like, that's a constant refrain, refrain from World of Warcraft players. The Horde and the Alliance in Burning Crusade were both trying to oust Illidan and then both trying to, you know, fix the Sunwell. Um, in Wrath of the Lich King, they were all going at um, Arthas, the, the Lich King. And, you know, they even had, like, a combined army in a couple of the factions. A Cataclysm, they were all going after Deathwing. You know, it's not until Mists that they're actually fighting each other. Um, and you know that it was the same way in Rift. The two factions had the same goal; they wanted to stop regulars. Um, and people are like, "Why can't we group together? Why can't we raid together? You know, all that kind of stuff." You know, the the, the faction thing is just completely arbitrary. And Tryon said, "Okay, and just you can group both factions in yeah in 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 Rift now. When you do PvP, it's not alliance. It's not Guardians against Defiance. It's mixed against mixed. It's it is. They just they just they just dropped all that pretense. The world is there because the game needs a world to, to move forward. But they dropped all that pretense and just said this is a video game. Yeah, and I like it that they're not forcing the players to to abide by a certain set of you know, values, you know, somebody wants to play a Defiant and, and still, just because they like the races available or the city available, whatever their preferences are, they, it doesn't even matter, it's the player's decision. Uh, but, you know, they're all their buddies are Guardians, you know, well that means they're kind of out of the, the running, they've got to make a Guardian if they want to hang out with their with their friends. But this completely eliminates that. Um, and I, I think it's 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 made for a, a better game, frankly. I think Rift 
Um, like I, I mentioned a couple times that I played like a 14-day trial maybe two or three months after Rift came out. Um, and then I played it just, you know, a little bit last summer. And, you know, in that year gap between the two, it got a lot better. And in the gap again between when I played last summer and now when it's gone free-to-play, it got a lot better again. Rift has done a better job of improving over time than I think most MMOs on the market have. Yeah, I and agree. They, they, do, they do a great job with that. It's still not... Like, it's still not my ideal game, gameplay-wise. I still feel like, when it comes to, like, button pressing and combat and stuff, it's still kind of slow. But yeah. that's just a personal preference thing. That's not... I a, actually... See, there's there's where I divert from you, because I actually like that. I mean, uh, I prefer it to at least where Warcraft was when I left it, um, particularly in large groups. If you were... It wasn't quite as bad with just the dungeon group, but in the raids... You know, there was so much going on, and it was happening so quickly. You know, my screen would basically just light up, and everything would be white and on fire or whatever. And I really couldn't even see what the hell was going on. And, you know, I was just mashing keys and hoping that I was alive at the end of the fight. Um, I a rift slightly slower pace is actually preferable for me, just so that I, I can kind of see what's going on and... You make some strategic decisions while the combat is occurring. And then the, one of the nice things about Rift that'll help with the, the Unity event is the mentoring system. Basically, on any character, you can mentor yourself down to any level less than you are. Essentially, that's right. I think you're. I'm limit. I, I think the lowest I can go is ten. In fact, I think that, that may yeah, be the lowest anybody can go. I'm that's sure when um, Instant Adventures unlock. Right, is and then you can, you can just join up with anybody. and Yeah, so, I mean, when it comes to the Unity event, like, those of you who have higher-level characters don't have to roll a crappy little alt. You can just mentor yourself down and group with Nor, like you would have anyway. I mean, if we wanted to, if we had 20 people on, which is not unheard of for a Unity event, and, and you know, most of them are new, we just, you know, help them get up to level 10 and then mentor down and just roll up a an instant adventure as as a guild group. Yeah, and it can be as large as, as you like, I mean, because the instant adventures are raid size. So yeah. you just pack them in there and, and they'll all be level 15 or whatever it is that we need to mentor down to. And yeah, and you gain experience like you normally would. So it's, yeah, that's how, that's actually how I've been playing these last, you know, like I said, I can only play a half hour at a time with the baby, but you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll log in. I've had some, I've had them for a while, actually, some veterans' experience potions, and I got uh, a couple other from the the loyalty rewards. So I, I just make sure I have an experience potion up, and then I do instant adventures. Well, that'll do it. You get a, I think you get a little bit of a bonus, too, for mentoring down. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't remember where the daily guy is for the instant adventure quest, though. I'm sure that would help me more, too, for the daily quest. Uh, you can just pick it out of the um, out of your menu as well. You don't even have to go to the guy. You can just pick the the daily quest. I didn't know that bonus quest out of the uh, out of the instant adventure tab on the menu. Awesome. So, I like Rift. Um, if you have tried Rift in the past and maybe it wasn't your thing, try it again because it gets a it, it yeah. Like we said, Trayon has made this game a lot better and. Um, something last night I talked about before is it's very small. I don't understand how 
they manage to fit the game they have into the size it takes up on It really is. I, I cannot fathom it. <laughs> what, their, how, what their compression is or how they're managing it. I downloaded the free-to-play patch, and it couldn't have been more than like 80 megabytes. I, you know, I, I, upload, I downloaded the... I have several patches. I was behind my office computer at work because I, I don't get enough time to play on there, obviously. But I did it today, and I think it took... I don't know. I think it took 10 minutes, and I, I, I don't even know how many patches that was. It was at least two. Now, all of this, uh, you know, effusive praise aside, there there are some restrictions for the for the free to play guys. If you have never bought the game, if you are just logging in and signing up and playing for free, not a penny spent on the game, I think you have um, you have two character slots. Tallow, is that does that sound right to you? It's either two. It might even be one. I think it's two. I think you get two character slots and, and three bag slots. And you do not have the same inventory. You are you would be missing four of the available. I think it's sixteen, twenty. I don't even know. It's a lot. You you would only be missing the the four souls that were released with uh, Storm Legion. Yeah, and I, I think I, I saw a post today from Foxy who said that, that might not, or from Tigger who might have said that that even that may not be true. See, and I I don't know about that because I've looked and it's in the store. Um, it's only four. I mean, each class has about. Eight, nine, ten souls to choose from. So you'd only right. be missing one from each class. Wouldn't right. really prevent you from doing anything. No, no, no. Um, you, you get to play. I mean, and what you would be missing would be the sort of the like the the melee, like the the the, the soul releases for Storm Legion were, were kind of are a little counterintuitive. Like it's the the casting or ranged warrior DPS and the melee uh, mage soul. It, you know, so they're 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 kind of funky anyway. Yes. Um, yeah, you mentioned you only get three bag slots, but last, Zimalthus, probably Mazevil. Um, there's over 40 bags sitting in the guild bank right now, totaling 800-plus slots of storage. <laughs> so you will not use them. And even if you've only got three slots, you're not going to fill three large bags. Um, just as a, as a part-time Rift player, I know you won't manage to fill that many. Um, no, certainly not when you're starting. And uh, When you get into instant adventures, if you do it for a couple hours, you'll actually fill your bags quickly, but you empty them out fairly quickly afterwards. So Yeah, it's it's a, it's plenty of bag space, and they've, they've gotten a lot less. Uh, that was one thing that they were kind of chintzy on was, was bag space back in the beginning of the game, but they've, they've lightened up on that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, their goal is basically to take down the barriers between the player and things that annoy them. So just get rid of things that annoy them. Yeah, they're doing well with that. We, uh, yeah, we we uh, we spent the last I don't know last three or four days uh, kind of getting ready. We uh, we purchased a couple of new bank tabs for the guild bank um, and got the permission set up so that people could just go in and help themselves. Um, we did a little bit of clearing out of the tab that we did have. We had one bank tab, but we we picked up two more. Um, yeah, I stole a bunch of stuff out of there. Well, good, good, because it's, I'm sure it's been sitting there literally for years. I mean, you just never know. Um, but we, we've also loaded up quite a few bags, as Talon mentioned. We've got over 40 bags already. Uh, about 15 of those are 24-slot bags, and another 25 or so are 18-slot bags. And we're continuing to make more. I, I just saw five or six more thrown into that bank tab uh, this afternoon while I was on. So there's going to be plenty of bag space. Um, for you, you just come in, make your tune, help yourself. Um, 
And I put a post up there for starter sets of gear just to sort of ease people passing into the starter zones. Uh, a, a nice new set of gear will, will certainly help with that. I've, I think I've made three sets so far for a couple of people. So uh, don't be shy about asking. It's, it's a piece of cake, and I'm happy to do it. Have you ever noticed that NOR members don't take things out of the guild bank, but they're more than oh, happy? God, have I? I mean, not only do they, they fill it with all kinds of stuff, uh, you know, uh, and, and never take anything. I mean, there was stuff in the Warcraft bank that had been in there for years. Sort of ridiculous. Like, I'm... And Tundra's Bank Guardian in Neverwinter, and I just look at that first tab, and I'm like, we have an entire row of rogue gear. Somebody take this stuff. And I'm like, now, People are really re- reluctant. I mean, I think people almost feel like they're taking away from the guild. When, when no, it's there it's for there, them. It's there for you to take. If it's a blue item and someone stuck it in the bank, it's because it's a blue item for a class they don't play. Yeah. If you play that class, that- they want you to take that item. So I don't, yeah, know. I don't know what to do about that, man. But that's you're right. I mean, NOR just you know our members just don't like taking stuff out of the bank. Yeah, I, I sort of raided the bank and rift the other day. There wasn't a whole lot in there at my level for a cleric, but there were a couple blue items that that were like big upgrades for me. So I took those and then I grabbed a bunch Good. of artifacts, um, Good. which you had multiple stacks of. So I you know I collected all of them and then you know put the rest of them back. There you go. I mean, most of the artifacts I just sell. Yeah, they're good money. They're good money. The only thing we haven't talked about with Rift is Rex. Right. Um, I haven't really looked at... Rex is basically tradable credits. Yes. So you buy credits in the game, but instead of buying credits, you buy, like, one Rex, and it's worth, like, 1,500 credits or something like that. Yes. And then you you sell that Rex on the auction house or over the trade channel to somebody for in-game currency. Right. You you get... I think it's 1,200... 1,250 credits and 2,500 loyalty when you when you right-click and, ex- and, and take that Rex. Okay, then. So that's how, you know, like they, like every, every free-to-play shop says that, you know, if you work hard enough, you don't actually have to spend any money. And, you know, technically that's true. But right. in, in <clears throat> Neverwinter, I have traded Astral Diamonds for... The, their Zen currency and bought stuff off the market without actually using my money. Um, I haven't done that in Star Wars, but I know it's available to me. So this is this is Rift's option. Um, it's sort of weird that they added basically a separate item type to do that. Like you can't just trade credits for cash straight up. You have to do it yeah, specifically as Rex. I agree, but I, I, they wanted it to be like a. I guess they didn't want the credits to be like an, an actual in-game item. You know, they just wanted that to be an accounting mechanism and then have the in-game item as a, a separate or unique mechanic or device in the game for I, for whatever reason. I, I, I don't know. But, so, yeah, if you if you have enough in-game... I haven't looked at what the market for it is yet. Uh, it's outrageous. I've, selling I've, for 900 platinum apiece. Yeah, I haven't gotten over 10 gold yet. <laughs> and I spent... Probably a third of the gold I had buying dyes for my armor. Right. Um, so, you know, that happens. It's, it's really prohibitive, but I, I think that's probably just the newness of it. I think yeah, the market... As time level. goes on and this becomes more common or more available, and I, I imagine they're going to come up with some sort of in-game mechanic to, like, even a random 
daily drop box or, or loot chest or something where you with the possibility of there being wrecks in there. Otherwise, I mean, it's 900 platinum a piece or a thousand um, is pretty. That's pretty. Yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll come down over time. Um, I was talking to Eglavenland about this in Neverwinter when it first went open beta. The market rate for changing Astral Diamonds to Zen was about um, somewhere between 500 and 600 Astral Diamonds for one Zen. Um, the last time I looked a couple days ago, it was down to about 350. Right. And the name is different, but the Cryptic uses the same system in Star Trek Online. And there, the market is down to about 110. Okay. Uh, there, it's diluted sure. crystals for one Zen. So well, yeah. over time, it's it's going to drop. I would I would imagine it's not going to stay up at 900 plat. No, I, I would be sur- I would be very surprised if it stayed that high for very long. Although, you know, if if it's selling for that much, you know, some enterprising individual who sees it selling, oh, I'm going to undercut these guys and sell it for 400, could just buy it and repost it for 900. Yeah. Um, I won't say I've never done that in Warcraft before. Oh, I've done that many times. Yeah, I actually came. I came really close to getting gold capped at one point. <laughs> wow! In Canada, I think it was one hundred and fifty thousand. In Mist, it's over a million. Oh my God! I've never had anywhere, not even a fraction of any either of those numbers. Yes. Well, you know, when you sit at the auction house all day, every day. Like my wife did. She had she yeah. had a load of gold. I don't know how she did it, but that's that, well, that's what she did. She sat in front of the. That's basically. Well, one of my guildmates gold-capped um, in the first two weeks of Cataclysm, like right when I came back, when my brother invited me back. Oh um, well, all he did was, and this was like very dangerous because he didn't level up enough, but he, he just went mining on his... his Because his, like flying was open like right away in Cataclysm. Right. So he just went mining. And he'd go to the higher level. He went to the higher... I think he went to Aldham. Where you could get the the pyrite and um, whatever the other one was called, and he just flooded the auction house with mining stuff those first two weeks because the price of it was just outrageous, right? Compared to what it was towards the end of expansion. So yeah, in those first two weeks, he gold capped just selling stuff he mined. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I don't. First off, I don't know how he managed to do that because there had to be other people out trying to do the same thing. And did they all cap? Are there that many people who had that much money to to just spend them on their trade skills instead of just going out and mining it themselves. Well, you had a hundred people that were willing to spend the money yes. rather than go out and you know make the flights, I guess, per every person willing to go out there and do that. I suppose that's how it works. Um, I don't know. Anything else you want to say about Rift? Uh, no, just to say again, the, the glue is coming up a couple of days from now. It starts Friday the 21st, and we're going to be concluding on Sunday the 23rd. Yeah, and there's, there's lots of stuff to do in Rift, especially once you hit level 10 and you can do the instant adventures. I think the first dungeon rolls around around 16 or 17. Um, there might even be one lower than that, I don't remember. So it's not hard that they've seriously streamlined the intro area. Um, I don't know if you've made a new character recently, but they've eliminated like half the quests in the intro area. Really? No, I haven't. Yeah, it used to be you'd do, you'd do two quests up in the graveyard, and then you'd go down before you get to the, the half-naked lady. Um, I don't remember what her name is. She's like the queen in Sanctum. Yeah. Um, you'd do like three or four quests from her hub, 
and then you'd move to the archway before you go out into the woods, and you'd have to do, like, two or three quests for that guy. There's, like, right. one quest at each of these steps now. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that is good. So, yeah, they whip you through that starting area and spit you out in the actual game world really fast. Do they spit you out at level five still? Yes. Okay. Um, at level five, they're on the beach. Great. So that's stats. Uh, we've got some new recruits in... Well, in Rift, yeah. Rift. Uh, uh, Oyan and... Uh, Zaya Vinaya, I think I'm saying that right, I don't know, and uh, Angelina, who was, uh, uh, Oyan and uh, Zaya Vinaya were both uh, recruits on, on Rift, in fact, believe it or not, I think Sayella recruited them both while she was visiting, <laughs> um, and Angelina is, is a former member on EverQuest, we're still trying to track down her original NOR name, but she she happened to be trolling the forums on, on the, the Rift forums, and and came across our name and wondered if it was if it was the same guild that she had previously been a member of. So uh, we think we've got a, uh, a returning expatriate there. Have you gotten any other response from our post on their forums? I have not. Um, it's been viewed quite a bit, but I have not had any responses on the forums themselves or, or by PMs. But we had um, well, we had, we have had these three people uh, join us on on Rift. Now Zayv and I saw the post and went to the site and applied that way. Uh, and Sayla tagged her. Uh, Oeon got tagged directly by Sayla, um, looking for a guild while in game. And Angelina, Angelina saw the forum as well, saw that forum post, and that's that's how she found us. Awesome. Hopefully, we can get some more during the glue. Yeah, that'll be nice. We've got six birthdays coming up. I'll list them in yeah. order of age. <coughs> Grimsythe is turning thirty. Uh, the big three zero. I don't know about you, when my sister turned 30, she had a real hard time with it. I did not care in the slightest. 40 will probably be a hard one for me. I didn't care about either, 30 or 40. Uh, Coram is turning 43. Um, has he been, you know, arrested on any recent trips with you? <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was some question as to whether or not we were going to be pooling our, our resources for bail that night. But, uh, no, no, he was... He was just asking the guy some questions out there. I wish I, we had pictures of it, though, because that was pretty funny. Our erstwhile Duke Quilin is turning 45. Yes? He doesn't sound 45. No, he doesn't, and he claims he's younger than me, but he's, he's not. Um, Lyra is turning 46. Roxy's going to yell at me because you're not supposed to say a woman's age. Right. Uh, Raveni is turning the big 5-0. Wow. I just met Raveni. He does not look 50. There's a lot of silver on that head. Yeah, but, you know, his face is, is well-preserved, apparently. That's the motorcycle. <laughs> and then he's got the year, he's got, you know, a fake year on his birthday, but Gillen yeah. says he's turning 100. <laughs> um, he's turning 50. Given how cranky he is, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, he said he was turning 50 on the, on the forums on another post. Okay. I think it was the, actually it's the weekend of the glue. I think I, I think he was concerned about being able to pick it on that weekend. I, if, if I was you know betting man, I'd say he's turned fifty you know six or seven times already. <laughs> but maybe that's probably not that's probably not a nice thing to say. That's <laughs> all right. We like Gillen. So yeah, thirty, forty-three, forty-five, forty-six, fifty, and fifty. Fifteen, fifty, or fifteen hundred, depending on. It's much better than last time when we had like OJ turning twenty-three or twenty-four or whatever it was, and Zierra turning nineteen, and yeah, somebody else oh, fourteen or something. Yeah, yeah it's just too disgusting. 
kids. <laughs> and a lot of birthdays. There was like, there was two others this month before this. So it was like, these six plus another two or three before that. Well, I don't, I don't want to be crass, but in September the weather starts to turn. Right. Well, I, I spend less time outside. So, I imagine, you know, as we get into July and August, it'll be even higher numbers, because, you know, it starts getting cold out. <laughs> October, November. <sighs> All right. That's, I think that's it for us tonight. I think so. Uh, remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or via the RSS feed in any other podcast manager of your choice. It should work in all of them. Um, please leave feedback on iTunes or on the forum post. Um, let us know how we're doing, what you want to see changed. <clears throat> if you think we should have the specific NOR member on because they're awesome, you know, let us know and we will do our best to get them on. Yeah, that's the only reason I need. Yeah, I've been, we've had people on for less. So <laughs> you think somebody's awesome. Well, I mean, what the hell, I'm on, so, you know, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I was a Duke for 15 minutes, and I got the damn podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> we we have no problem talking to people. So that's it for tonight. Um, slightly abbreviated episode. One of our hosts is is AWOL on us, but you know we'll get it out there before the glue, and we hope to see everybody this weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yep, give me a hail nor, and we will sign off. Hail and or, Hail nor.